pinpoints your location <laughs> he knows exactly where we are tonight amen amen would you have a need you want to make it known to him as we would just go to him in prayer for a moment and what we turn to the scriptures speak to the author amen father god we just come to you today lord and submitting our lives to your hands lord we're so thankful that we have a we serve a living god a living God, not a God of history, one that we could sit around and talk about of what you used to do or how you used to move or what you used to be, but Lord, you're the same today, Lord. We can just begin to declare your wondrous works, Lord, that you're doing even right now, these moments and these times, Lord. Lord, we believe, Lord, as the prophet of God would be in a city and the enemy would surround him, that there was a little servant there that began to cry out because of the situation. But, but Lord, the prophet of God knew that there was angels around him. And Lord, we know there's angels here tonight, Father. We ask, Lord, that you would station one at every row, Lord, every heart. God, with flaming swords of fire, Father, to move, Lord, and, and begin to, uh, Lord, soften the hearts. Move, Father, and begin to break away the chains that would hold, Lord, and the situations, Lord, that we don't know what to do. We just want to say we love you. We want to say we just want to thank you and praise you. We thank you for these moments and these times. And, Lord, we don't take it for granted. But, Lord, we're so thankful for this time together. We're thankful, Father, Lord, as it just as a shadow of things to come, Lord, as we will be at an eternal youth camp, Lord, and bodies that don't hurt, bodies without pain, no family separations, no, no, no sicknesses, no mind battles, Lord, all gone and washed away, Lord. What a time it will be, Lord. But while we're here, Lord, we must fight if we will reign. And Lord, help us increase our courage, Lord, we pray. You've seen the hands that lifted, Lord. You know their needs. We just ask God that you'd take care of them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Exodus 2, verse 23. Uh, <clears throat> just heard a, maybe just, maybe a little bit more volume up here, Brother Mike. Just heard a wonderful sermon this morning. On questions without answers, but brought around to who the real answer was. I hope a lot of your blanks was filled in today. That Jesus is the answer for whatever question, whatever problem, whatever situation, he's the answer. Amen. Amen. We should appreciate what our brother had to say, Brother Michael. And we, my, just a wonderful, wonderful word. But let's just look here in Exodus 2 and verse 23, and we'll read a few scriptures. It said, it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, 
And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to a mountain of God, even unto Oreb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of the land unto a good land, a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. There, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have seen their oppression within, wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I'd like to just take a few moments tonight of your time and and to speak on a message for an exodus. Because I believe that's the time we're living in. I believe we're living in a time of leaving this place. I, I believe that we're living, living in a time of a rapture. Amen. We're, we're not at the beginning of the church ages. We're at the ending of the church ages. We're right at the time that we're to leave this place. We're to go into another place more greater and more wonderful. I mean, I know we've enjoyed our time here. I know we've enjoyed visiting and fellowshipping and, and the different activities, the things that we have done. But, amen, there's a greater place to come. And I, I'm going there. I don't know about you, but I, I'm going there. Amen. And I trust that you'll go along with us. Amen. And so I want to look at this because we know that, uh, that we... As uh, the bride of Jesus Christ, we're the fulfillment of what Israel was typing, and, 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 and we see that there's a, a natural bride and a spiritual bride. There's a natural exodus and a spiritual exodus, and, and we see Moses here as he, you know, we, we know the story of Moses that he was raised in the house of Pharaoh, and, and he was taught the things of, he was taught his all the wonderful things, you know, that he could learn about uh, how armies operate and how things happen and, and just educated and all these things. But uh, we know that as he, as he tried on his own, he only was able to kill one Egyptian. But see, God had more in his mind of, 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 of killing more than one, one Egyptian. Amen. He had, uh, he had in his mind a total deliverance. And so he gets Moses out on the backside of the desert, and he's out there, and he's wondering what his calling was, is. He's wondering if what he'd heard is really true. He's wondering, you know, if this, this uh, all he's been told all of his life is really true. And he, he finds himself one day out with this, uh, his father-in-law's sheep, and he's, he's herding some sheep, and he sees this bush 
that is there and, it, and, it's, and it's on fire, but it's not burning. And he's very curious about this because this don't normally happen. We had a bonfire today and, and, we, and I seen the brother take the torch and light it up and it burnt what was there. It don't just happen every day that a bush catches on fire, but don't burn. And so here he is, he walks up to it, and as he approaches this, God begins to speak out of the burning bush, and he begins to reveal unto him all the things that he has in store. And he begins to tell him that, yes, I've heard the groaning of my people. I, I've, heard, I've seen the affliction of them. I, I, know, I know their sorrows, amen. I, I'm glad we have a personal God. Amen. Sometimes it seems that God's so far away and he's out there somewhere in the wild blue yonder and he don't know what I'm going through. He don't know the issues I have. You know, and it becomes a little separation because if we go through times in our life, we don't feel him, we don't see him, we don't do, you know, and all that. But that God's still God. And we find him, you know, as he begins to reveal himself to Moses and, and see it was, it was God telling Moses, Moses, I know who you are, but I want you to know who I am. And I believe that's what this meeting here tonight is about. And this meeting this weekend is a revealing of God personally to you. Amen. God knows you, but he also wants you to know him. He wants you to realize that I'm not a God of just history. I'm not a God of, of just 50 years ago or, or 100 years ago or 2,000 years ago or, or as we read of this story that many years ago. But I'm a God right now in 2018. And I want to personally reveal myself to you. Maybe you don't know what you're, who you are and why you're going through the things you go through. And, and why, but he has seen your affliction. He has seen the oppression. He's seen the stripes you've taken. He's seen the taskmaster's whip. He has witnessed these things. And he has seen every one of them. He has witnessed every devil that has tried to come against you. He has witnessed every spirit that has haunted at you. and everything. He knows your problems. He knows your situation and he's here to answer that need tonight. Amen. And this is what he come down to personally reveal to Moses that I'm not just a God of Abraham. I'm not just a God of Jacob. And yes, I was their God, but I'm also your God. Amen. I'm not just a God of the pastors or the deacons or your mama or your daddy or William Branham or Moses or Paul or whoever you want to name. I, yes, I was their God and I am their God, but I'm also your God. <clears throat> this God wants to become a personal God. Amen. Not just a God we can just sing about and talk about, but a God you can have a personal relationship with. A God you can have a personal visitation with. I wonder if there's a heart cry tonight that say, God, I want a personal visitation with you. It's not my neighbor, it's not my brother, it's not somebody else in my cabin, but it's me and you, God. I want to come face to face with that same pillar of fire. He's here tonight. I ask him, I ask God tonight to give us a personal visitation. And he'll answer. Amen. And he's not here to just tell you about what he used to do or all the. He's here to reveal that I'm not I was or I will be. I am. This is what he told Moses. Who am I going to say was, has sent me? You tell him, I am has sent thee. And you go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. That's what we've been hearing in these messages that we have heard. It is a shout that is going forth and it's telling the devil, you let him go. You let her go. You don't have no power no more. 
You don't have no rights anymore. Your time is over with. See, God would allow many times, and we know there's this prophecy that is being fulfilled here in this moment, and it begins to unfold. It has been laying there for some 400 years. It has been there. He had told Abraham about it. He told how he's going to bring, said they was going to go in, but yet I'm not going to forget them there, but I'm going to bring them out. Amen. But listen, God is not all, he's not just interested in bringing you out. He also wants to take you in. Amen. If we see the witness of the, of the message of this exodus, it wasn't just a message calling them out. He said, I'm going to take you out of Egypt, but I'm going to take you into a promised land. He's not here to just deliver you of your sins and, and to take you a step or two. He's here to take you all the way. And I think there's some hearts here that say, I'm going all the way with Jesus. <coughs> Amen. This exodus is a taking out, but it's also a taking in. Amen. God is not just interested in bringing you out of your sins and letting you die there. He's not just interested in bringing you to sanctification and you die there. He's not interested in and you bringing you to justification and you just floundering around somewhere. He wants to take you all the way to the Holy Ghost. Amen. This message for an exodus is not just a three-step help program. This message is not teaching you how to live with your problems. Moses didn't go back to Israel and say, look here, this is how you're going to appease these taskmasters. This is how you're going to live and not get so many beatings. No, he said, I'm coming to take you out of this place. Amen. You won't find another word in in this generation that'll tell you, you don't have to live with that devil. I've talked to Baptist people and they'll tell you, amen, they'll be smoking a cigarette and you ask them, you know, God can deliver that cigarette. And they say, well, and you ask them, are you going to heaven? Sure. You mean smoking a cigarette? Oh yeah. When the rapture comes, I'll throw this thing down and I'll go. They've learned to live with sin. They've learned to abide with sin. That's what their word tells them. You just believe and it's going to be all right. That's why we got to be careful in the message because there's so many people that say, oh, you believe the message, you're saved. No, sir, you got to meet the God of the message. Amen. You got to meet him personally for yourself that I have witnessed and I have seen God for myself. The message separates you from sin. It is a total separation. And it is a complete deliverance. It brings complete deliverance. You know, we see natural Israel, spiritual Israel, natural type in the spiritual. God didn't do a marvelous deliverance like he did and say, good luck. You know, they wasn't walking out of Egypt and he said, hey, woo, I'll see if I see if you over there if you make it. Bye, I'll see you. It's Sunday evening, bye. It's, it's the last service and bye, maybe I'll see you at next camp. Maybe I'll see you Wednesday night. Maybe, maybe I'll be there for you. Maybe, maybe you'll make it. Good luck. No, God was leading them all the way. He didn't just call them out and say, have fun in the desert. I hope you find your way. 
have fun in 2008. Yeah, I had a wonderful camp meeting, but have fun. Maybe you'll make it. No, he's leading you all the way. <laughs> and this God knows your situation. I'll just tell you how much he does know, and he can pinpoint your location. I was in Louisville, Kentucky with my father and our families. My, my mom and dad and my family was there. We used to have Nubian dairy goats, and we were showing at the national show. And Brother Brad Burgess has a church there, and he invited me and my father to preach on the Sunday for him. And so my dad preached Sunday morning. I preached Sunday night. As I'm walking out, of the back, God begins to lay a thought. It was actually the same scripture, but it was on let my people go. And I just took the scriptures, you know, and I began to speak. And as I began to speak, God was bringing deliverance. You could see it just happening all over the building. God was moving. And, and Brother Brad, at the end of service, he said, look, it was such a rejoicing. He said, but look, he said, I'm not calling an altar call because I know, I know the things you're going through. And it was mentioned here tonight, and God delivered you of it. He said, but I want you to give a testimony. I want you to walk across the stage and just with your hands up saying, thank God for delivering me. And about 45 people got up out of their seat, and they walked across the platform saying, thank God for delivering me. And the next morning, I'm going over uh, to Walmart to get a few items early in the morning, and I'm driving by myself. My father had sent me to get some things, and, and I'm driving along. I thought, well, I'll stop at McDonald's, get me some breakfast, and I seen that little Cracker Barrel sign, and I said, something said, go in there. I said, I don't want to go in there. I ain't got time to go in there. <laughs> Be honest with you, some of you might like it. Cracker Barrel hasn't been my favorite restaurant. <laughs> Sorry, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> but something was pulling me inside of there. And so I went inside, and I'm thinking I'm just kind of not happy because I, I'm like, why am I here? And I'm walking in the door, and I'm like, I ain't got time for this. I, 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 I hope that's not busy. I got to get back, and, and my father's going to be upset if I'm not back, and I'm having all these thoughts. And walk up to the desk, how many? One. He takes me all the way to the other side of the restaurant, all past all these empty chairs. I'm getting worse and worse. Like, this is ridiculous. Sends me all the way across in the back back there in the corner. I'm looking at my menu and I'm just kind of trying to pick something out. And I see the waitress walk up and she says, I know you. Put my, I said, you do? This is incredible. I said, I'm sorry, but I don't know you. I said, I'm not from here. I'm from Louisiana. She said, oh, I know you don't know me. She said, but I go to Brother Brad's church. And she said, I'm actually a deacon's wife. And he works right down the street at FedEx. And we've gotten a really bad situation in our life. And we don't know what to do with it. And we don't know where to turn. But last night, you was preaching that God cares. God cares about us. And God cares about our needs. And, and this morning, as we went to work, before he dropped me off, I looked at my husband. I said, you know, I would really love to know that God cares. For me, that is directed to me that God cares. I looked at her, I said, sister, I don't want to be here. I said, I didn't decide, I had no intentions of coming here. And I said, that guy over there walked me through all kind of empty chairs to sit me in your section. To where you could serve me. And I guess I'm here to tell you, God cares. <laughs> Hallelujah. You 
you heard it at the beginning of this camp. Maybe if some young person's been in your room crying and uh, just wondering what my parents don't seem to care. Nobody seems to care. I'm here to tell you God cares. He has seen your affliction. He has seen your trouble. He has seen your problems. And he has come down to deliver you. (laughs) Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to take you out, but I'm also going to take you in. What's in between Egypt and the promised land? was insignificant to God. You ever thought about that? You read it, and he tells you, I'm going to take you out of here, and I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. You're leaving Egypt, and you're going to a land flowing with milk and honey. Incredible. He doesn't mention the Red Sea. He doesn't mention the bitter waters. He says not one thing about the desert that's out there and the hunger and the thirst. He don't... None of that's significant. Because you know why? God's already got the answer. Amen. All that in between is insignificant to God. We worry about all that kind of stuff. We worry, we get saved, and you know, for a while, it's a glorious revelation. We're jumping on the clouds. We're having a good time. And then we go through situations, and oh, I didn't know I was going to face the Red Sea. What bitter waters? I'm going, I'm so bitter. I'm so thirsty. I'm so hungry. But God's not worried about that. He's already got, oh, you're hungry? Here's some food. You're thirsty? Here's the water. You're going through bitter times? Why? So that way you appreciate something that's sweet. You're having a Red Sea? Oh, that's okay. That's just to destroy your enemy. Hallelujah. He already had the answer before there was ever a problem. (laughs) Nothing surprises him. Are you kidding me? He don't get to 2018. What day is it? I don't even know what day it is. So I know it's Saturday, but what day? February 10th. Oh, yeah, February the 10th. See, I don't even know what day it is. He's not in February the 10th and saying, oh, boy, I didn't know it was this bad. This is incredible. 2,000 demons are way worse than I thought they was going to be. No, he's not worried about none of that. No, 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 no. He's already planned it all out. He allowed it to become what it is. You know, you know, he didn't get down to the Red Sea. Let's turn in our Bibles and read that account right quick. Amen. Let's see. I believe it's... See, I had it marked here. Exodus 13... I believe in verse, actually let's start at Exodus 14. We, we save some time here. The Lord spake unto Moses, said, speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before, I'm going to leave all them educated words to you, before it shall you encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh. Oh, Jesus. And upon all his hosts. That the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. 
You know, here's a marvelous thing to me, that they don't witness the 10 things they've witnessed already, and they still don't know he's God. How much do we need to, do we need to know that he's God? Amen. And so he said, so they'll know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? We have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot. And he took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots. Oh, yes, best guys. He's coming with the best. And all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. And the Egyptians pursued after them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and army and overtook them encamping by the sea. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And, 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 and they were so excited. This is going to be a great one. And they just couldn't wait till they got there because they knew God's going to do something. They were sore afraid. What? After all they had witnessed. <laughs> They were so afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? And not this word that we tell thee unto Egypt, let us alone. That we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more. Say it. Say it. Say it. (laughs) Oh, you can read right on the next chapter and you can see where they came floating up and they actually saw them again. But he said, you'll see them again no more forever. So it sounds like God don't know what he's talking about. But what he was saying, you in this form that they're in, the ability to still swing at you and still hurt you and still harm you and still capture you, you'll see them no more in that form. But the next time you see them, they're going to be laying dead before you. Amen. The Lord shall fight for you. You're going to have to help me tonight. Y'all got more voice than I got. And ye shall hold your peace. Let's put it in good old southern language, all right? He said, the Lord shall fight for you, and you will shut up. Quit your complaining. Quit your worrying. Quit your doubting. Quit your fussing. Quit worrying about it. The battle is the Lord's. God been waiting a long time for this moment. He waited so long that he he waited from the time because see, God created the heavens and earth. We know that to be the word. And listen, God put a mountain in a certain place. (laughs) Amen. He put a mountain in a mountain range in a certain place. And he put a camp right there. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help us, Lord, realize where we're at. 
And he put a certain place there. He, would be, he said, look here. He's looking at that. And he said, yep, I can't wait. I'm going to bring him right down through here. I'm going to bring him right to this moment. Oh, yeah, let me put, I'm going to put this Red Sea right here. He dug it all out. I said, you know, he got back and he looked at it. He said, what's well, a good trap there, angels? We're going to have a good time right there. You just wait. Right there, we're going to have a good time. Right there on that little patch of ground, there's going to be a brown building. We're going to have a good time right there. <laughs> Amen. These children are going to be coming. They've been coming from Blaine, from Vancouver. They're going to be coming from all, all kinds of places. They've been walking right down this little path. They're going to drive right into here. They're going to come right here. And I'm setting a trap for the devil. Oh, the devil's going to be running after them. Ha, ha, I got you. Ha, ha, I got you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to beat you. Woo. There happened to be a pillar of fire. Amen, that pillar of fire is still here today. It's still leading the children of God. I want you to understand something about God. God, when the pillar of fire was leading them out of Egypt, the pillar of fire didn't come to the Red Sea and do this right here. The pillar of fire kept going. It was the people that stopped. And he's saying, come on, speak and go forward. But here are these trump, 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 wheels blowing. Pharaoh's like, his old scene on Pharaoh, believe it or not, he had snaggled teeth. All crooked up. They didn't have braces back then, did they? All tore up and messed up and he had pimples all over his face. He's coming. God saw it all happen before. So the scripture, we can read it. We don't have time. He said it moved from there and it went and stood between him and the enemy. <laughs> We're at the moment tonight that that God is standing between you and your enemy. And he's just saying, speak, Moses. Go ahead. (laughs) Test me. Speak, Moses. Open up your mouth. Go forward. Keep walking. Don't stop. Keep going. Don't stop. This battle's the Lord's. Let me show myself. Give me an opportunity. God's wanting someone tonight that'll give him an opportunity. That'll step out into the waters. That'll step right out and say, yes, Lord. I don't know how you're going to do it, but your word promised you would. I'm stepping into the waters. And the Bible says the winds came and it began to blow. And it just opened up that Red Sea. Water stood up. Children of Israel walked across, tell me how this happens, on dry ground. Walked right across, get to the other side, and dumb old Pharaoh said, I believe I can do that. Now, with all I've all, uh, uh, Pharaoh was what we call in the South a moron. God forgive me. Teaching y'all bad words. He was stupid. He really was. Hardening. God had hardened his heart. And here he is. He's like, I'm going after him. Let's go get him, boys. They take off running. They're down through there. And they're just a getting in there. Not one of them. Like, oh, this is good. I've never done this before. This is wonderful. 
this is going to be a story. I'm going to tell so-and-so when I get back. I'm going to, oh, it's going to be a wonderful victory. Children of Israel get on the other side and Moses holds up his arms and calls for God to move and the waters fall on them. Gone. You ask me why I'm happy. I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. Hallelujah. You say, well, Brother Timothy, I got faults. I got scars to prove it. You ain't got nobody that can stand up and tell it anymore. Because God took care of it. Amen. God takes care of it. And Miriam looks over there and she sees that particular one. Been giving her a long time trouble for about, oh, about 18 years. Been giving her trouble for a long time. And she sees him at that camp meeting dead. And she goes, hallelujah. This is so wonderful. Glory to God. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. She said she grabbed a tambourine. Something began to well up on the inside of her. She saw her enemy dead. She saw him defeated. She saw that his rule over her was broken. There wasn't no more, no more for him coming back and tormenting her no more. It was done. It was over. It was finished. It, was, it wasn't coming back. Hallelujah. She grabbed that tambourine. She began to sing, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. And the Bible says she danced all up and down. She made laps around that place. Why? Because she saw her enemy dead. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you tonight there's a risen Jesus Christ. The pillar of fire is among us. Oh, if you children could ever see it tonight, I say, God, open your eyes and you'll realize that thing you brought to camp that was tormenting you is no longer there. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's over with. <clears throat> Mercy. He has it in control. Moses had come into the presence of God, heard his voice. He knew he was a consuming fire, and here he was in the pillar of fire back in the bush. All of his education, all of his theology left him. He knew one thing. There was a God, and he had received orders. And he knew a crooked stick was good enough. He had been in the presence of God. Don't make how many different difference how many trained men Egypt had. All those things didn't mean a thing to Moses. He had been in the presence of God. He was going down to take over. Come on, somebody. If y'all pray to God, you've been in the presence of God, that when you go back to your bedroom, you're not going back to the same boy or same girl. You're going to take over that thing. Going to clean it out. Going to clean your cars out. You're going to clean your life out. I'm getting rid of this stuff. I'm going on with Jesus. I'm going down to take over. He was going to take over against shields and trained men by tens of thousands with a crooked stick. And Brother Brandon said, stop him if you can. Yeah. 
There's nothing that can stop him. Woo, Jesus. We read this Wednesday night, but I'll read part of it again. Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. This bride won't be stopped. Life of Christ is continuing. Oh, Satan's tried to do his best. He's tried to bring critics. He's tried to bring unbelievers. He's tried to bring everything against this message. But it's not going to be stopped. It's going into other places it ain't been before. Amen. But the book of Revelation shows how the Antichrist spirit will come into the church to file it, make it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. It exposes Satan, revealing his works, the attempted destruction of God's people, and the discredit in God's world. Right down to the time he's cast in the lake of fire. He fights that. He can't stand it. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for, that she can do the greater works. She will be an invincible army. That's unstoppable. That's an unstoppable force. Invincible army. You know, the U.S. has a group of men they call the Navy SEALs. They they actually, the training that they go through, it, it, it totally breaks down the human body. It breaks the everything. They're going to make sure that when they make it through, they know who they are and they know they'll be able to stand in the time of battle. They go through excruciating stuff. This is incredible. And, and when there was a movie put out, I didn't watch the movie. I'm not promoting the movie. Don't go watch the movie. But they called The Lone Survivor. But it's a true story about a, a group of four Navy SEALs and you can read a, 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 on Wikipedia, they have a little write-up about it, but it's about probably the safest thing to do if you want to hear about it. But here they are, they're, they're going after an insurgent that had been uh, uh, known to have killed like 20 other U.S. servicemen. And so they're doing a re- renaissance, or, or uh, going looking for him. Yeah, whatever that word is. <laughs> they're, going, they're going to look for him. <laughs> And, uh, and so they dropped off in the middle of Af- Afghanistan and they're kind of making their way during the night and they'd hide during the day and, and they'd move again at night going and looking, trying to search out this one that had caused the issue. And they get down to this place and during the day they're hid up under some over broke down bushes and things and they're hid up under there. And the man says it was about noon and all of a sudden they begin to hear animals moving around them. And it was a bunch of, uh, I believe it was sheep or something, goats and sheep maybe, that jumped down over them. And the next thing you know, there's four Afghanistans that was there herding the sheep. And they actually begin to talk to each other because, you know, the Af- these that particular ones didn't have no guns or anything. But they begin to talk to themselves and do we kill them? Do we not kill them? Because if we don't, they may give us to give up our, our where we're at and compromise us. And do we do it? And, you know, they, the fear of the government coming down on them, they let them go. And so within just a few moments, just as soon as they went out of sight almost, and just a little bit here, all of a sudden they're surrounded by, they said around 100 people begin to shoot grenade guns at them and machine guns at them, four, four men. And the only thing they could do was just jump off a cliff. And they just took off and jumped off and they begin to go down this mountain and, and they'd come to a stop and they'd shoot and they'd shoot and they're fighting their way down and one gets knocked off, another one gets knocked off. Another man is there trying to climb up to a certain point so he can make a call because he's having problems with communication too. And so he tried to make a call and he got a call in saying, hey, we're under attack, come get us. 
But there's only now two of them. While he's doing that, he gets nailed. And it's over for him. And it's, and it's a last one. He gets a grenade launched on him. And it blows him off the side of the mountain. And he's rolling down. He falls into this crevice to where it actually hid him from the enemy. And he's laying under this rock. Now, this man is in such a condition. He's got a broke, uh, broke back. He's got all kinds of lacerations. And I, I believe a broke arm. All kind, unbelievable. Broke legs. And it fell off the side of a mountain. And he's laying in this thing. But he said there was something that, as he came back to himself, as he woke up, he realized, I'm still alive. And the Navy SEAL says, if I'm still alive, there's a mission still to complete. And he began to pull himself out from under that rock. And he, he fought the enemy. He found a, 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 a I don't remember now uh, uh, the whole details of it, but he fought for miles as he was shooting. He'd pull himself, shoot and pull himself and pull himself until he fell into a creek. And he goes down the river for a while. And another Afghanistan man finds him and takes him to his home and defend, actually defends the man, calls the U.S. and they come and get him. And now he's known as the long survivor. But he said, if I would have stayed where I was at, I would have died. If I'd have stayed where I'd been blown off the cliff and, and I broke my legs and hips and, and my back was messed up, my arms was messed up, bloody, bleeding, I could have stayed there and died. He said, but something welled on the inside of me. He said, you got to finish the job. You got to finish the commission. You got to keep going. And the man actually was uh, was actually taken back to the U.S., rehabilitated, and went back in the battle and fought even more. There was something on the inside of him that had been placed there that I'm not giving up. He heard the message of a natural government. Telling him, giving him this commission that you're going to go do this and you're going to do this and you go do this and you fulfill this. And that message from a corrupt government gave him such a will to push forward. What will a message from heaven do for a believer? Maybe today you've been blowed off the side of a hill with a situation in your life. Your husband left you or situations that you don't know how to handle and you've been blowed down on a, cam- on a cavern somewhere and you've been laying there for years. I tell you in the name of the Lord, get up. Yes. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. The battle's almost over. He said, when the, man, when the church comes to that position, he said, they may call you a fanatic, but nothing can stop the church. Amen. They may call you simply to pack a Bible. They may say you're a holy roller. Nothing can stand in God's When the way of God's church, she's moving towards Canaan. And if you don't go, God's going to take them that will go. Amen. There's nothing. It's an unstoppable force. God will move everything. He said, oh my, all the devils out of hell, all his forces can't stop it. The time's there that the spoken word of God is ready to come to pass. Nothing can stop it. He spoke about that little boy that had died in a car wreck out there in in a foreign land. You know the story. 
He said, I, I was standing there and I thought, my, it's a horrible thing. The little body all matched up. Things were happening. It's just like, it's incredible. I've been telling this testimony for two, of the vision for over around two or three years. I've been telling, put it in the fly leaf of your Bible. And here he is, walks up to it. Brother Branham don't even at the moment recognize he's in that vision. And he turns around and all of a sudden he sees a rock, rocky area. And he begins to realize, hey, I've seen this before. And he realized, hey, that's a little boy I saw in a vision. And he said, when I realized where I was at and where I was standing and that this was that little boy that was going to rise from the dead, he said, hey, you can line every devil up out of hell and it wasn't going to keep it from coming to pass. <laughs> Hallelujah. You also sit in seen in a vision. A bride marching in steps onward, Christian shoulders. Not the church going down, but the church going up. Hallelujah. And you can line every devil up you want to line up. You can line lust up. You can line pornography up. You can line all kinds of things up. It's not going to keep it from happening. It's going to happen. The move is on for the bride. That's thus saith the Lord. He said, oh, he said, the situation is in hand. No matter how dead he is, no matter what nobody else says, it's all over. He's got to come back. He said, if that child doesn't raise up from this dead, from the dead, I'm a false prophet. I'm a misrepresentation of God. For in my homeland two years ago, he told me that it would happen. And there are these ministers and all wrote it in the flyleaf, their body, Bible, Read it off the read it right there. How could it be in a country lapping rocks and so forth? He said, There it is. Nothing can stop it. The situation is already under control. Amen. He talked about a blind man in India. How that how that he, you know, I, I just went back, Brother John, Brother Michael, and I've been reading again the Jorgensen books, Brother Branham's life, especially the early years of his ministry, because I was looking at, at all the things God did to show you this message is the truth. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming evidence that this message is the truth. It's, it's over, I mean, I, I can't even say it. No, it's over vindicated. It's been over vindicated. You know, and to see a man that wasn't after fortune or fame or, or, or uh, we're talking about now the messenger that gave the message for our exodus. That's what this message has come for. This message hasn't come just to tickle your ears and we just have a good little time. No, this message has come to get a group of people ready to get out of here. And God was so diligent and so caring to make sure that you would know. It's incredible how God arranged it. Amen. He brought in a certain generation that would have the ability to record it. Yes. Amen. He, he brought it into a certain place, into a country that was able to finance, able to do. Amen. At what, you know, God knows what he's doing. I'm, I'm not meaning no disrespect, but he didn't put it in some little poor country in Africa somewhere. He put it in a place that he knew that this message could go out. Amen. 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 And we're blessed people. Yes, yes. 
You go overseas and you see the struggle that they go through to receive this message. And you see the struggle to hear it in their own language. And you got the ability to hear it right there in your own language. It's incredible. We don't have to go through the problems of, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I have a hard time, amen, going through interpreters and listening. It's hard. But I had the opportunity, the blessing to hear it in my own language. In my native tongue. And even me, but I can understand his little statements and things and, and things that his little isms that he says. I can understand those things. People struggle and they're like, what does he mean? I was talking to one brother. He said, what does it mean when he says it tickles me to death? He said, it translated in our language, you tickle me till I die. <laughs> we, ain't, we, don't under, we don't know what that's like. I got such respect for a country that, that grab a hold of this message. And they got such a burning desire. I want it in my language. I want it so my people can hear it. I want it. Listen, God came down to make sure you would be without excuse. And he over vindicated it and over vindicated it. Miracles, signs, and wonders like unbelievable. More than 10 plagues. I mean, incredible. I just, I was reading the book and Brother Branham goes through, uh, you know, unbelievable things. Listen, he, it's, it's, been the, it's been told by Brother Billy Paul of how he was with his father and I've been to the little school. It's the school of the deaf in Little Rock, Arkansas. And he goes in there and there he is. He walks into that place and it was over a hundred deaf students in that place. And when Brother Branham walked out, school was closed because there was no more deaf. And God bringing deliverances after deliverances after deliverances. Time after time after time. And God opening, opening things up. And it's incredible. You read the miracles and the signs and the wonders and all these things. And listen, Brother Branham, he started the car. That's what he did. And you can hear about it in the mechanics and the dynamics. The car got started. It was moving down the tracks. Come on, somebody. And I want you to tell you, he didn't turn it off when he left. It's still going. There's still a people that knows the mechanics, but also knows the dynamics. And it's going down the road. And that car is going to take us out of here. But a man with such a heart for people. Could have been, he he, he was at a meeting one time and I forget the, the thing that had happened for a certain lady. I believe it was, I'm, I'm not mixing up two stories, but uh, there was a woman actually in line of a prayer line and she was dying. And her husband was taking her up there in the prayer line. And he's walking her up and she's so far back and she's dying. She knows her life is leaving her. And she says, honey, if I'm dead by the time you get there, don't take me out of the line. You take me through that line. And about a little bit later, she takes her last breath and she dies. And she goes to brother, he takes her on up and he brings her to Brother Brandon. Brother Brandon prays for her. She leaves from there alive. 
<laughs> Amen. Brother Brown was in Jonesboro or down in Arkansas, south of Arkansas somewhere, and he had had a tremendous meeting. He goes to the motel tired and weary, wore out, and, and he's laying in bed, and a knock comes on the door, and it's the manager of the hotel saying, look, Brother Branham, said, I can't deal with all the crowd that's out there. He said, there's so many people out there, I can't get my customers in and out, and they're wanting to only see you. They're not wanting a room. They want you. They got some tremendous needs. He said, but I got an idea. He said, I want you to get in the car, go down this certain alley. I got a cab waiting for you that'll take you secretly to another place. You need rest. I'm not going to, you got to get rest. So I'm going to set this up. Brother, Brother Brandon looked at him and he kind of bowed his head. He said, no. He said, I got another idea. He goes and grabs his coat, puts it back on, walks down the stairs, out to the front desk, out the front door. Snow was coming down and he began to pray for them people right on the sidewalks. Begin to cry out to God. And they said there was just as many miracles took place in the sidewalk that had taken place in church. I thought, God, what a heart that this man had. He had a heart for the people. He had a message. And he knew he had it sounded forth. And it's been given to you. There was this man in India been worshiping the sun, been worshiping a God they'd made. Just went to Japan. They, they say that their, their religion offers them eight million different gods. That's, that's mind-blowing. Here this man was out faithfully worshiping the sun, so faithful that he loses his sight. <laughs> Sounded like some young people been worshiping the wrong thing. You stare at that gaming device till the very joy of God's gone out of your life. Just talking to some brothers is actually, the government's calling it a disorder. It's how bad it's gotten. Here he'd been looking at the wrong thing. He comes into the prayer line. He's Brother Branham begins to talk to him. He says, he begins to speak to the, to the, to the man and, and, and begin to look at him and see what his issue were. Man standing there blind, his eyes as white as my shirt. And I said, you know, I turned again and looked. I seen him standing in the shadow somewhere above where he was standing there. In the vision, he was looking around laughing with his hands up. I said, my, there's nothing going to stop it then. You can put all the devils and all the demons out of hell. It will not stop it. God's already said it's going to happen. It's thus saith the Lord. There's nothing can stop it. He said, see, you know what you're speaking of. The Lord gave me the platform then. Amen. So we see these things that have happened in our generation. God calling, God moving. It was a message sent forth not to leave you in your situation, but to call you forth from your situation, to call you out of your situation. Listen, when he would see a man in a wheelchair, it wasn't sent to leave him in the wheelchair. Brother Brown said, look, believe on Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. It was the same ministry of Christ that was repeated in this generation. We, we, we're special people. Not because I say we are, because he said we are. 
There was a man, you know the story, but we'll go through it for a moment as we look at the last few things here. He found the eagle egg. He took the eagle egg and he put it under old hen. That egg had hatched out with all them chickens and he was a funny looking little bird to all the chickens. So that's the way it is sometimes. It gets about one out of a setting and the way it, that's the way you get them. They, they average about like that. And he said, but this little funny looking bird come out. It's a different kind of bird. He, but see, he wasn't a chicken to start with. There was something in him that was crying out for something different. And his mama would come around and begin to cluck a little, you know, and he'd look at her and like, what's she talking about? I don't understand it. And she began to cluck around, dig around a little old manure pile. And, you know, and he's just kind of cocking his eye over there like, what is she doing? She pulls out this big old bug and says, here, take this bug. He takes that bug and, oh, I just don't satisfy Something ain't right here. He had an odd life. He didn't know why he was in this. He didn't know what, what in the world it went on. He'd look at the chicken. He'd look at himself. I don't even look like them. Something's different here. Something's going on. He, he's looking around. And, and you know, uh, you know, chickens will look at him and make fun of him. Look, he's a holy roller. He ain't like us. All he, all he ever was looking at was educated on a manure pile. Maybe somewhere out in the seminary somewhere, Brother Branham said. He never had, did have to put God in trust talking about the chicken. He'd just go cluck, cluck, cluck. Better not go around them people's cluck, cluck. Days of miracles are past. Cluck, cluck. You didn't get nothing real. Cluck, cluck. This is not your moment. Cluck, cluck. This ain't your time. Cluck, cluck. This ain't your message. Cluck, cluck. situation was he didn't know what to do and here he is crying for something more crying for something more he don't know what to do and he's looking around he's wondering what in the world is going on he can't understand his life he was maybe he was going he'd go out to the uh, out to the, the the colleges and he'd walk around he's like man something's different i i don't want to, this party and they're doing just ain't satisfying me the things of the world just ain't satisfying me there's something different on the inside of me i don't know what it is but i'm not sad maybe it was in some religious thing in a baptist church somewhere or Methodist church or whatever church you want to talk about. And maybe it was in there, but something didn't satisfy. And here this eagle was calling out, looking around, clucking to the hen, was going forth. Well, we God don't do like he used to do, cluck, cluck. Just emotion, cluck, cluck. No power there, cluck, cluck. Look at them just bubble dancing, cluck, cluck. <laughs> oh, my, here they were. The true eagle couldn't understand that, but something happened one day. This old mother eagle flew over the barnyard. She knew she had another child somewhere. And she's searching for it. She's wooing. She's moving back and forth across Bible Way camp. And she's flying down through the valleys, and she's looking. And all of a sudden, she spots him down there. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost knows exactly where you're at. Amen. He's been coming service after service, flying through the building, moving through the building, and all of a sudden, a scream goes forth. That eagle was looking around, and he heard the scream, and he turned his eye up. Wow. That's it. That's who I am. 
Amen. And when that scream went forth, the eagle turned up. The chicken scattered around. He began to say, oh, what I do to get up there? What I do? I got to get up there. And mama began to talk to him. Son, you've never been a chicken. You always was an eagle. You never belonged in the situation you're in. Rise above it. How do I rise, mama? Flop those God-given wings that you already have. And he jumps up on the fence post and he's looking like, how can I get up in there? It's so far. My, it's incredible, that message. My, how can I understand these things? Just set your wings. Just spread your wings. You're an eagle. I've seen a chicken try to fly. They don't fly. Man, they'll go a little ways and crash. But I've seen eagles fly. We got a place on the lake, and there's about four eagles that live there. And I can see them come around the corner. Man, they'll come in such speed and such grace. And they'll come diving down through that channel. And next thing you know, they set their claws in something and go right back up in the heavenlies. They know what they're doing. Why are they doing that? Because they're an eagle. They never was a chicken. They wasn't an earthbound creature. They were sons and daughters of the king. You're not a chicken. That's the reason you've never been satisfied. That's the reason why the manure pile of the world just don't get it. Get it done for you. The heavenly born, born, born birds, he's got to have something more. You've got plenty of room tonight. Heaven is yours. Oh, you must be my mama. How can I get up? I tell you, son, just do a little jump and flap your wings. All you have to do, just take God at his word and step on it one time and you're bound down. Maybe you froze to death in some kind of creed or dogma. Just take God at his word and begin to flap those wings. I believe you, Lord. I heard your voice. I'm coming up higher. I'm coming up higher. Take him at his word. Next thing you know, he made a great big jump and he flopped those wings and there he was, began to move up right into the heavenlies and he began to move higher and higher and higher and higher. That's what this message has been given for you. It wasn't the voice of Moses that delivered Israel. It was the voice in the burning bush. Speaking through Moses. It was the voice behind the voice. Moses couldn't do it on his own. As we heard this morning, he gave all kinds of excuses. He let, let it all out. Brother Branham gave all kinds of excuses. But God had called him for a moment and a time. There was a people down in Egypt that God remembered his promise. He says, yes. The time of the promise drew nigh. It came a time that Pharaoh's time of torment was over. His time of tormenting God's people was over. It was done. It was finished. God meets a man on a mountain. He comes out with his wife, a donkey, his child, and a crooked stick. What are you doing, Moses? I'm going down to take over. Amen. Are you crazy, Moses? I've met God. And he's commissioned me for this moment. And he walks right up in the face of Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Let my people go. 
You want to hear your voice tonight? The voice that has called you out? Give me this right here. Test. Is it on? Or did I turn it off? Maybe I turned it off. Is it on? There it goes. Which is that old fellow here that held up his hand a while ago he wanted to be saved? Right here in the wheelchair. You believe God knows you, brother? I don't know you. Got a prayer card? You don't? All right. You believe God can...
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This was not just the voice of a Kentuckian preacher. This was the voice of Almighty God telling you to rise up. This is the Lord's battle. He's here for you, Miriam. He's here for you, Aaron. He's here for you, Caleb. He's here for you, Joshua. He's here for you. Whatever your need is, whatever your problem is, he is more than enough. Yay, this Lord is more than enough. Whoa, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The angels of God are moving right now among the people. Right now amongst you. Just surrender right now to him. As he moves upon you, say, yes, Lord. I accept it right now. I accept the Holy Ghost. I accept deliverance. I accept your salvation. I accept restoration. I accept it right now, God. Right now it's my moment. Right now it's my time. This is my moment, God, with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, do you see your enemies dead? Look to the unseen tonight. They're laying dead all around you. They're defeated in Jesus' name. You don't have to walk out of here with that thing. The Jubilee trumpet has sounded. The voice of the message has come. It is this moment and this time. I will not go home the same. I will not be the same boy. I will not be the same girl. Oh God, let the winds of the Holy Ghost right now begin to blow through this building, Lord. Blow through every heart. Blow through every life. Blow through every personal God. Lord, break forth upon the audience, Lord, in your own special divine way. God, as you move and you minister to every heart, may every demon in hell begin to move back in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen, Brother Bradham seen some people one time behind bars. He said they were beating their heads like they were out of their mind. He said, I seen some little flickering there going on. And there stood the Lord Jesus. And he was looking right at me and said, deliver those people. And I thought, how can I deliver them? I ain't got strength enough in my arm to break those bars. So I said, house of hell. House of hell. Give way to the name of Jesus Christ. Can't deliver you tonight, but I know one who can, and he has commissioned me for this service to speak in the name of Jesus Christ. House of hell, give way! Oh, don't you hear those chains falling, those bars breaking, plaster popping? What is it? I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. anybody free in the house of God I'm free I'm delivered I'm set free thank you Jesus thank you God hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be the name of the Lord hallelujah Jesus oh God we just submit ourselves to you Lord Just 
spoke and said to me today is going to do something special for these young people. Whatever it is in the sovereign move of God, I don't know. But I'm believing young people is going to leave this place different. Not just go back and say, oh, it was a good camp. It was a good time. Had some good moments. And go back and say, I found the answer. I found the answer. I found Jesus. I found him to be my own personal God. Maybe you've been worshiping the wrong God and you've been blinded. Been worshiping the God of sports. Oh, that's a God, all right. Been worshiping the God of sports or the God of gaming devices or the God, whatever God you want to put. You know what little G God you put there? Yes. Hallelujah. You submit right now. Say, God, open my eyes. I can see that I'm going to hear let me hear your scream go forth, God. God, open our eyes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. I had the same thought, brother. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If I preach the truth tonight, he's here to back it up. I believe it to be the truth. I've sold my soul to this message. My soul is hanging on this message. It's come from the voice of God to you, to you. You have a need tonight. I want you to come right down this aisle right here. And you see if God won't meet you in the Red Sea. You see if God won't deliver you. Just line up right there. If you're on the other side, maybe you can go around the back and come down. Just make a line right there. I want Brother Murphy. Tim to come, ministers here, maybe, I don't know, maybe some deacon brothers to help us, elders, believers, men of God, men who's also, their soul hangs on this message, and it's a great place to be. If I've spoken the truth, the same God, the same angel that stood on the platform with William Branham is here tonight also. He's the same God today with the same signs, with the same wonders, with the same Holy Ghost, with the same power, with the same vindication, with the same in every detail is this God. Come believe it. Yeah, just walk on walk through Come believing. Right now, put out every doubt. You say, well, Brother Timothy, I've done wrong. Well, just step out of the line, say, God, forgive me, and step back in the line. He's here tonight to meet your heart. 
meet your needs. Cheers. Cheers.